In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. When I used to work at uh, the hospital, every year they would have a Christmas dinner for the employees and retirees. It was a free dinner, it was a good dinner, and it was a good chance to catch up with people you hadn't seen for a while. But the most striking feature of the dinner was that the food was served by people in administration. And it was kind of threw you off a little bit to walk through the line and have the CFO ask you if you wanted the chicken or the pork chop. It just... It, it seemed sort of out of order in some way. But it was, I think, the administration's way of expressing solidarity with us to say, you serve our patients and we serve you. It is with this kind of attitude in mind that we approach today's gospel lesson, the baptism of Jesus. Jesus comes to John, the baptizer, and he says, you need to baptize me. John is very taken aback by this because he doesn't think that respects the hierarchy very well. He says, you, you, you want me to baptize you? And I think he was thinking, you probably need to baptize me. John had been thundering away out in the desert saying how mighty and magnificent the Messiah was. He was going to cut down trees that didn't bear fruit and, you know, power and all that. And, and Jesus comes to him humbly and says, you need to, you need to baptize me. And so John was uh, a little leery of that. And you, you can't blame him in a way because John was doing a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And Jesus didn't have any sins. So in some ways it didn't make sense to John that he would do that. But Jesus said, no, this is, this is what the Father wants and this is what we're going to do. John said, okay. So he went down, baptized him in the Jordan River, and when he came up out of the water, the Holy Spirit alighted on him like a dove, and then God's big voice said, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. So, baptism. There are, um, I don't know, a lot of different ways that, that people would look at this. I give you three reasons why Jesus was baptized. The first is the most simple, and that is because God said. You know, uh, Martin Luther in the large catechism said, <clears throat> if God commands us to do something, it must be important, and we should just do it. So Jesus did it. He was obedient. The second reason is because he ushered in something different to John's baptism. That was the bringing of the Holy Spirit. So when we are baptized, that is the Holy Spirit coming into our hearts to start the work of faith in us. And of course, that needs to be nurtured and instructed as we, as we go on. But that, is, that instills faith in our hearts. The Holy Spirit comes, so that's important. And the third thing is that much like our Christmas dinner at the hospital, it was Jesus' way of expressing solidarity with us to say not only I, I am like you, I am you, and I am going to do whatever it is that you do, go, what, go through whatever you go through. I, I'm going to know you through and through, be you, and I will be with you. So those are important things. Different people have different notions, however, of baptism. Uh, I think a lot of folks think that baptism is simply... Um, another rite of initiation. It's kind of like joining the Elks or joining the Eagles or Kiwanis or something. That you, you know, you go in, you have this initiation, you pay your dues, and, and you're good. On the other hand, there are people uh, who, uh, kind of on the other end of the scale, who treat baptism, I guess, almost like it's magic. You know, that uh, you get baptized and poof, that's it. You got it now for the rest of your life. And, 
You know, you don't need to worry about anything. And I remember a, a woman in my first parish in North Dakota. She had a new granddaughter, and uh, the kids wanted to take this new grandchild and go visit some friends in Montana. She said, absolutely not. You are not taking my granddaughter on any trip until that child is baptized. I don't want you going out and something happening, and then that baby has to go to hell. So we're going to get that baby baptized. So they came to me. We organized a hasty private baptism. Uh, we did that, and then Grandma made sure that I wrote out the baptismal certificate, and I recorded it in the church records. So it was good to go. It sort of struck me that... Uh, she, she was using this as a form of hell insurance, kind of, you know. Uh, so that's not exactly what Lutherans teach either. What Lutherans do teach is that there are two sacraments, Holy Communion and Baptism. And that both, that in order to qualify as a sacrament, we have to have certain things. One is there have to be earthly elements. So in Communion, it's uh, bread and wine. In Baptism, it's water. This has to be mixed with God's word and it has to be something that is instituted by Christ himself as Holy Communion and Baptism were and it has to offer forgiveness of sins. It is a means of grace. It is a way of salvation for us. That's what Lutherans teach. Now, um, you know, we may, we may look at this uh, as uh, th this, is, this is something that is important but Martin Luther looked at it as something that was really important. And Martin Luther had a, 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 a real kind of personal devil that he felt tempted by sometimes. And when he was tempted, he didn't just say, oh no, no, I, I, I believe in Jesus, I have faith. No, no. Luther would cry out, I am baptized. He didn't want to just rely on his own puny faith. He wanted to call on the sovereignty and the possessiveness of God to say, oh no, these, these, these people are not yours, they're mine. In the New Testament, baptism is talked about as a branding. Like when my dad and I took a trip to Wyoming, they still brand cattle out there. And if you want to sell your cattle, you have to call the brand inspector. And he has to come out and say, yes, these cattle belong to you. Baptism is like that. God is saying, yes, these people belong to me. They don't belong to you devil or any the world or anybody else these people belong to me the new testament also talks about it as a washing the baptism is a, a a washing of forgiveness of sins and washing sins away it's um it's kind of like if a baby soils their diaper they don't wash themselves somebody else has to wash them and in this case it's the lord god now baptism does not mean it's not the lucky rabbit's foot that you know, keeps us from all ills. Baptism does not mean that we won't have problems, we won't have struggles, and we won't have tragedies. We will have the same as everybody else. Well, actually we'll have more because we will willingly, if, if we are believers in Christ, we willingly choose to participate in the sufferings of other people as well. But what we have is not less problems, we have more power to deal with these problems, not less tragedies. We have more presence to be comforted in our tragedies. That's what we have in our baptisms. It is, it is amazing that we are blessed by God in baptism. He lets us know that we are blessed people, and that's an important thing to remember. 
When I was a, a chaplain resident at the North Dakota State Hospital, I had a Wednesday evening chapel service one time, and after the service was done, one of the psychiatric patients came up to me and said, she had real pressured speech, Chaplain, Chaplain Cal, Chaplain Cal, I, if you, need to, you need to give me a blessing. I need to have a blessing. And I said, well, Ruthie, I, I just really did that. We had the benediction, the Lord bless you and keep you, and so on. No, 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 it doesn't work, she said. And I, she, she, I was standing there wondering what to do next, and she came up and, and put her head on my chest, and I reflexively put my arms around her, and I blessed her. I said, blessed are you, Ruthie. You know you are a good woman. You know how much we love you and think of you. You know how much the Lord God loves you. You are a child of God, branded with the sign of the cross and blessed by him. And she looked up and the energy all came back in her face. She said, yes, yes, yes. And then she was good to go. And then I looked and there were six other psychiatric patients lined up to come put their head on my chest and receive their personal blessing. It humbled me. And yet it made me recognize we, we, all, we all look for the blessing of God. And we have it. So remember in our baptisms that we are God's special people. And we try then to walk wet in our baptisms, as it were, to let, the, to let that spill over onto other people, our blessing. If you haven't heard it for a little while, hear it plainly today. You are a child of God in your baptism. You are blessed by God. You are loved. He will never forsake you, and he will always be with you, and you will be special to him. Amen.